Welcome to Laughing Your Mask Off, the podcast where we talk to comedians about navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Katherine Cowan. And I'm Carly Palestina. And today we are talking to the hilariously amazing Lana Siebel. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Thanks so much for yeah. coming on. Yeah. I um, already had a... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, you go. You go. You're our I guest. Into, I, I'm already having such a great time with you. You guys have such a great chemistry <laughs> together that you make it such a nice place. So, no, thank you. This is fun. We're so happy to have you here. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so to get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like your background, where you're from, how you got started oh. in comedy? How did you get oh, to wow. where you are today? Oh, how much time do we have? Um, let me do <laughs> Um. So yeah, I'm from New York, uh, Brooklyn. Been here since I was seven. Um, I, you know, I talk about being uh, an immigrant, actually a refugee. So maybe we'll, we'll get into, into a bit of that. But um, I've kind of, you know, been performing since I was little. Um, I started out, I was a professional Latin dancer. Um, so yeah, I started out like as a kid, a lot of trauma because of that. And then as a, as a teenager and as a young adult, and um, I achieved like elite status, which is like I was ranked seven in the United States and I would perform internationally. Um, those Dancing with the Stars people, I grew up with them. We competed together, traveled all over the US. Um, so did that for over a de- like 15 to 20 years. And then I, I uh, was a dance teacher for a while um, and then acting as well um, as that was going on. And then finally, I always wanted to do stand up and I didn't have the courage, so I took improv, which was definitely not for me. Um, I was like the Michael Scott from The Office, um, just a scene killer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, it was horrendous, but I, I, I didn't have the, the bravery to stand up. But then finally, after doing improv and writing for about like seven, eight years, I finally tried it. It went well. Um, and then I've been doing it for the last seven years. So uh and it's uh it, the last few years have weirdly as it is i'm so glad you guys are talking about the pandemic um you know i i was so lucky not to have a day job during the pandemic so i would just write and perform at first virtually was awful but i did it every day um and they saw carly a lot we did a lot of those virtual <laughs> things yeah <laughs> which i think made us so much stronger because they were so tough and then a lot of the outdoor so i would perform couple times a day every day and write every day so it's kind of yes yeah, so and I'm you know doing like 40 45 minutes of time um headlining featuring so it, it it gave me a really big boost in my career awesome yeah yeah that's so cool Carly you go. <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say do you think because I know I did see you on a lot of those like zoom mics and stuff yeah. what were you doing uh before that, like before the pandemic hit, what did yeah. your comedy like look, look like before that? Um, I had to work a horrendous day job. Uh, one of them had like a four hour commute. And, you know, I, I'm also, I have one child, but I'm also a mom and I um, have a very horrendously abusive boss and the four hour commute. And then I try to do stand up almost every night afterwards really quick. But um, it was it was all very very it was a lot it was, it was exhausting and um, um, and once I didn't have the four hour commute and a horrendous well I was like everything else seemed so easy I didn't know why people were complaining about the whole <laughs> time like really 
<laughs> you write every day and perform every day. It's, it's tiring. Of course, it's a lot. And it's, you know, it takes a toll on you, but it's nothing compared to doing that. Um, so it's, I guess it was a good training. So do you yeah. think comedy got stronger during the pandemic or like your comedy? Much. Yeah, because I just had the, the time to do it and I went full force. I went, um, I was very... Yeah, motivated. I mean, that was the goal to to not have a horrendous day job and just do comedy full time. And that that time was really precious. I really um, try to take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. That's great that the that the pandemic worked out so <laughs> yeah. well for for your yeah. comedy. But, um, I think I know it's so funny. You see some people like lose weight and like they did. They yeah. tried there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was, yeah. It was still tough, and I I felt you know listening to the news and um all these horrendous things there's still things happening but um I I felt like I didn't have the luxury to take anything as you know to just have time off and yeah were you also doing oh sorry yeah Yeah, no no it's and I understand for people who didn't go full into it and needed that break too and they're also doing well now too because they took that little um breather so I think everybody has their own there's like no judgment at all. I really feel everybody has their own route. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Were you doing yeah. like, were you, so you said before the pandemic, you were also, you were trying to do comedy, but it wasn't, you know, as easy. I, were you no, doing like I, shows and stuff or how? Yeah, yeah like, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't, getting... yeah, I wasn't trying. I was doing it. Um, I was starting to get pretty booked pretty regularly. Um, so when pandemic hit, I guess I was like five and a half years in. Um, so yeah, I was doing it pretty much every night. Uh, but I didn't have as much time to write and also perform all night. It was just like once or twice a night. Uh, but I would start to get booked almost every night. Uh, I start, things started to kind of, so I guess it was like a, it was a good timing. Things started yeah. to finally develop and happen. And, um, so yeah, it was, it was just a, a weird kind of timing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Really weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Strange. Yeah. Uh- during the pandemic so you were saying you did a lot of like a lot of zoom stuff but also a lot of outdoor stuff and I know you were even saying just before this podcast aired that uh you were producing an outdoor show that you eventually you just this September were like no more of this right now can you tell us about the process of like getting that up and running and what that was like yeah yeah no thank you um so last summer started to do like a little little mic in the park where nobody could find the park uh, by like the Brooklyn Museum. And then that mic became really popular. Like it was, I was getting so many messages. It was, um, and you know, we created a really nice atmosphere. It was really nice comics, nice people. And then, so I made it into another mic uh, twice a week. So it was two, two mics, but then the mic started to get a bit of an audience. So it kind of grew after that. And then a documentarian from HBO came and filmed a little bit of it because he was doing a lot of things about like the pandemic and and a photographer dropped by and started taking pictures and so kind of really kind of blew out of proportion which was amazing uh and then stopped I stopped it again by in November because it got too cold to do outdoors and then brought it back this spring um and we just made it into a show and that was a, a great five-month run um, but it was it was a lot of elements to deal with, you know, the street noise and 
very mentally ill people and kids and dogs and ice cream trucks and sprinklers. I, I could go on and on. It was, but uh, yeah, I think it made us myself and, and all the everybody uh, so much stronger. Um, yeah. Do you but I'm glad know? they're done. I'm exhausted. I'm really, yeah. really I, I don't want to ever do that again. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like when the pandemic hit, you were like, immediately like I'm going to take advantage of like the time I have and like do what I can or did it take you a little while to kind of like adjust into it yeah the first few days I was like what is like you know you everybody was like it's gonna end in a, in a week yeah like, we're off for two weeks yeah. It's okay. <laughs> yeah and I was like first few days I'm like well I gotta you know I gotta take advantage every single day I'm like I got it so I just started writing more and like posting different jokes to kind of maybe lift people up and myself um so the first few days I was just writing and, and posting and then I guess I heard about like a virtual and I went on and it felt horrific but then I realized it was just all new material so it was like a combination of it being virtual and trying out everything like, just putting so much pressure on myself and it was a pandemic and then I'm like I, I should do this I, I can't allow myself to just slack off um so then I just kept doing it every day and then after about a week or two it became like you know the virtual no laughter and no eye contact and just became natural it was like um you know same as uh that's kind of attention my husband and son give me like i, I got this <laughs> <laughs> this is fine i'm this is comfortable for me so, yeah it's yeah. so weird yeah i also feel like when um it was weird because i feel like when we all got on zoom like i feel like once i left zoom and went back to the real world i was like i don't know how to like like time things anyway because you like you like get used to timing for like there's gonna be a delay I just yeah. remember the first time back on stage being like what do you do yeah yeah you know it's so interesting because then you started to learn that like okay virtual is one way like you you position your face a certain way and then you get a laugh yeah, and then, yeah real life it's like okay I have to figure out how to be in pants again and, yeah. <laughs> yeah and still yeah. doing comedy yeah and then outdoors it's like I can't hear anybody laughing I just see them smiling but yeah. then they're like oh great job so it was, it's all these different things that you start to but then I think it makes you such a stronger performer because you know how to work every, like different channels so definitely um, yeah I really found with like I prior to the panda pre-pandemic everyone kept telling me it's like your stuff's good but you talk so fast but zoom because everything's slower forced me to slow down and then when I came back to in real life like everything was going at a human speed and it was <laughs> oh you know what the like zoom has its advantages so like yeah. the, the advantages it has do you think it's gonna kind of stick around as things go forward or do you think it's kind of like oh that was a weird fun time I hope I think the world the pandemic has changed the world I feel like there's going to be a little bit of an influence. I, 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 I kind of hope so. Cause, um, I think we, we all learned a lot and, uh, you know, I honestly, um, I don't know how to say this, thing, but I, I'm, I'm very lucky that I'm, I'm, I'm on shows almost every night. And, um, and then I, I, I once or twice I might do an open mic, but I'd much rather do one virtually and just see like, you know, cause open mic is just to kind of say it out loud and see what works and um, see if the premise and punchline are working together. So I'd much rather just do a open mic uh, virtually versus go out and do the whole thing. And so I hope that stays. That's been very convenient. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So 
and also like these the podcasts are great and <laughs> doing this the zoom yeah um so i think there's i don't know i think there's a lot of positive things that came out of it yeah i also really yeah. liked um like i feel like there were more feedback mics on zoom yeah. than we have in i don't know any feedback mics in new york but um i feel like a lot of my jokes that are still my best material came out of like, oh, why don't you just add like this as a tag or like, we, maybe you should take that joke in this direction. Um, Cause I could intentionally be like, oh, I'm going to do a feedback mic today and, and get some feedback um, instead of like yeah. based off of a people laugh. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it all made us some, some like much better writers. Yeah. It was so great to like write every day and then just try it out I mean, right. uh, without any kind of hassle of going out. Um, so yeah, I feel like it tightened everything up so much and, and gave us so much more material too. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I also, you know what? I don't see anyone else doing this kind of podcast. This is this really original what you guys and yeah, Thank I'm really, you. yeah, this is really cool. Yeah. Thank you. We yeah. try. Yeah. <laughs> Hope. Yeah. So do you think that in, so like, a lot of things have come out of the pandemic. We're in kind of a weaning out of the pandemic time. It's people get all up in arms. They're like post pandemic, pre pandemic, mid pandemic. Yeah. Listen, we're just, we're definitely better off than we were last year at this time is all I mean. 100% yeah. sure. Yes. So yeah. in that context alone, in this post pandemic <laughs> time, what do you feel like, or uh, what's been happening in your comedy life? Like, what's up with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, it's kind of exciting. I'm, I'm going on the road more. Um, and I'm going on the road as, you know, um, as, a, as a feature and a headliner. And it's really exciting. I'm, you know, driving all over. And also, things are really shifting. There's still, there's still a lot of chauvinism out there. And I really want to be, you know, that strong comic that can work any room um, and show them we're just as good as if you're going to put, you know, another male that, so I just, I did like a, a road gig in Pennsylvania, which was really great, but it was, um, you know, it was a very rowdy drunk crowd. Uh, a few of them definitely won't even remember that night. Um, and they, I think they thought it was like, whose line is it anyway, type of show. Um, I made clear that it wasn't. And then, uh, you know, all the screens were on, like with the football games. And one was right in front of me. So I started like telling him, listen, I can't compete with this. You got to either turn it off or I'm getting off. Uh, <laughs> and they turned it off. And all the other male comics were so grateful um, that the football game was turned off. Uh, right in front of them so you know I, I just um, want to continue as a comic as a female kicking ass and showing that we're you know true equality we, we can scream at the drunks yeah. and everybody yeah. just is, <laughs> if not more scary yeah it's yeah. also so like I feel like that's something I'm trying to work on too is like being better or, or like being savvy in any room you know, which yeah. I feel like it's a hard skill to develop, but I'm sure being on the road and like around new crowds definitely helps that. Yeah, they they judge you right away. So you, I think you just have to be that strong of a performer and a writer that you're like, no, I got the goods. You want it left? This I've got it. And you know, um, enough of this bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, really? Yeah, sorry, you talk. 
Uh, can you talk a little bit about what it's been like starting to go on the road? Like, just because- Scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, first few times, yeah, where, you know, you, you see how um, you really have to cater to everybody. You have to be thankful because, you know, people are paying 20, 25 bucks. They have to get two drinks. A lot of them are getting babysitters. So you really have to be thankful and courteous. And, you know, a lot of times you see, you know, shows locally and everybody is like just kind of they think they could be rude or whatever. You, you, you know, you really have to um, develop this sense of professionalism and gratefulness and you know bring the great jokes so it's it's a lot of pressure but um just just by doing oh <laughs> crowd work no <laughs> it's like all right i get it you've said enough <laughs> somebody cut her eye he's hungry yeah. um yeah there's you know what it's just yeah there's no I don't know. You just just doing it. it, it it's scary for a few times. Yeah. And um, do and you we- do you have to do anything differently when you prepare for going on the road? Like I know that something that like I think a lot about is that like all the audiences I test my material on are in New York, and so like you have kind of that certain perspective. Does that change the way that you like prepare your jokes and write your sets, knowing that like not everybody you're going to be talking to has this like shared experience of being a New Yorker? Absolutely. Absolutely. I even have like jokes for like Pennsylvania, jokes for Jersey, jokes for, yeah. you know, Washington. You just, you start off with, um, yeah, that, uh, that first, that first joke is important. And then, and then, yeah, you can't just do like, yeah, same material as you do, uh, in New York. Yeah. It constantly, you it constantly change. Um, you, you, you write more, you try it out, you rehearse it. I, I you know, go over it. Um, yeah, you just you, you just like anything else. You uh you write and then you rehearse a few times and you kind of say it out loud, see if it works. Yeah, yeah it's it's um uh, it, I'm not gonna lie, it is it is really hard and uh, but um, I feel like what you learn is it never is a perfect time. You just you just push yourself and um, as scary as it is, it is scary for a little while. Um, and then, you know, the human condition, we get used to everything like we did during the pandemic. We yeah. got used to outdoors and virtual. Um, but yeah, it's, we didn't take uh, an easy profession. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I talk about that all the time when we're like, what yeah. are we even doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, um, but it's nice to see like strong females like you guys. Let's keep kicking ass and, uh, you know, <laughs> doing yeah. it. Yeah. Speaking of kicking ass, you were saying before that you're part of the headliner series um, coming up. Can you talk just a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really great. I actually, even on the flyer, I'm the only female, which is which is uh, amazing. But yeah, I, was, I feel very fortunate to do it. You get to do a 45-minute set. Um, it's at the Tiny Cupboard, December 16th. It's a free show, I think, um, and uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm definitely gonna film it. Um, and actually, I have a headlining uh, another gig coming up the next day, which is incredible. But yeah, doing 45 minutes is is a lot. It's 
um I don't know I know I'm like such a bad like I don't know how to say but it's just it's just um you know just like with the dancing where you put in that work every day and you just put that pressure on yourself it's the same kind of thing um same with the acting learning the lines it's just it's just a whole bunch of work which is actually not fun it's kind of tedious um but but the more not no fun you have I feel like and you put in that work (laughs) the more fun they have so it's a real yeah it's just a really tedious process um yeah. yeah. So I think I feel like at least a lot of people will hear this and be like, you know, I think this is too hard. I don't want to do this. So that's <laughs> uh, how do you prepare for 45 minutes? Because that's so long. I feel like it's hard to get like long spots to even practice for that. Yeah. Uh, so I started doing that more. Um, it was May, June. I started doing like 15 minute set then I worked up to 25 minute sets just different bar shows then I got 30 minute spots uh on the road um and then yeah and then I I got to do a headlining uh for 40 minutes and you just and you you a combination of getting to do it and then uh rehearsing it on your own as well um and getting the order right and so yeah it's it's just yeah doing it yeah yeah do you do it in like chunks or like, like where you're like, this is going to be the first 20 minutes and I'll do this on one set and then, or like in one show. And then like the next show is the next 20 minutes. And, or like, how do you, I think like even like yeah. ordering it would be a whole, like figure out what all, order all of do. that, all like, of that. You do that. Then you rehearse it on your own and you time yourself and you do it 45 minutes. And yeah, it's like you, and it's so funny. You, you think, Oh, when you do it on your own, you're just going to, but it's exhausting. You feel so tired after talking for, oh, I bet. for that I and doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 it, it's like training for a marathon it's the same thing yeah. yeah yeah I've never done a marathon so it's not like a relatable me neither I haven't either but I've heard I've heard but yeah but uh, but yeah, yeah last it's, it's, week, it's training yeah last week we were recording our podcast um with Ashley Goodermuth by the way listeners go check it out if you haven't oh, she's great yeah, um, I love her She's so great, but we, we were recording the podcast and the New York City Marathon was like running right by my house and I kept hearing it the whole time and I was like, I should do the marathon. So that's why it's <laughs> like top of mind for me. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm with, um, very different motivations. I was like, I'm so glad I'm not running the marathon right <laughs> Yes, same here. I uh, think um, just to go into the bathroom alone and being, you know, and I'm, I'm Jewish. So there's a lot of complaining already. Yeah. Plus the running and no bathrooms and water and food. I think that would be, that'd be a lot. Yeah. It's, oh God, uh, yeah. They can't go to the bathroom the whole time. Yeah. That would not work. I, I, I don't know. Do they do a diaper? I don't know what the situation. I don't know. Um, honestly, I was very nervous about the whole bathroom situation. The first time I did the 40 minutes, um, I went right before I was like, I, okay, I should go. This is you. Yeah. You have to like time yourself. Cause I'm like, I don't know. What it, that I was kind of freaking out because I, I do have to go to the bathroom a lot. So yeah, that's such a good point. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, then you like don't want to drink beforehand. I guess you yeah, don't yeah. run anyway. I don't know. Exactly. I I was a swimmer. I swam in college and swimming is like you swim for a minute, you know, so you don't it's like nowhere near as long. Um, so I don't even know how you run. That's well, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing the marathon 
I don't think. Yeah, I guess I the whole um, the whole takeaway for this interview is maybe invest in diapers if you want to do invest anything. Invest in diapers if you're going to be fun. <laughs> anything with longevity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're the same thing. <laughs> Headlining and running a marathon, and uh, <laughs> you can't eat or go to the bathroom. <laughs> exactly. During either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we established. There's no marathon training, um, but no. you said that you'd had a, like a pretty intense background in dance. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I uh, started when I was about 10 or 11 and um, in Brooklyn and where all the other Eastern Europeans who you see on Dancing with the Stars started. And I felt very uh, shamed and I guess it's called shame now before I was just, you know, told I'm too fat to dance. And then I uh, kind of left for a little while, developed an eating disorder, came back and everyone's like, bravo, you're ready. Um, so yeah, I, I talk about that in my standup about all the different eating disorders and um, everyone's kind of closed up about that in the dance world. And I know all of them have suffered with weight and there's diet pills and all kinds of very unhealthy things going on. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, I, I, I trained, yeah, intensely, uh, probably at least four to six hours almost every day, um, after school. So I guess the whole training, maybe it's being the Eastern European, uh, and, you know, <laughs> an immigrant as well. Um, you, you kind of develop this sense of like, you have to make it no matter what, and you have to work really hard. Um, so that was, I guess I'm thankful for that kind of discipline. Um, and yeah, I would, I would travel, um, all over the United States and, uh, compete. And then I would, uh, I also went to England, uh, and competed there as well because they had some big competitions and, um, and, uh, I didn't want to end up, so I, I did it in my, uh, twenties as well. And I really didn't like, you know, there were so many different dysfunctions, but, uh, one of the big things was the way that dancers would make money is they, you know, the, the uh, students would pay for the hotel, like the amateur students would pay for the hotel room and plane ride and lessons. And um, it's a lot of money. And it just, to me, it felt very uh, not right and sleazy and just uh, not a good way. So I, I kind of, I ran away as fast as I could from that hole. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, it, it's so funny to see also like the Dancing with the Stars, it looks one way, but I know what goes into it. And um, it's just, um, to me, it's it's something that I never really wanted to do as an adult. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, I, it was, it's kind of to me still mind boggling that, you know, now I get to like, do comedy and speak for a living like before it was so much about your body and uh your voice not being heard and um being kind of suffocated now it, it feels really empowering to be able to um yeah have a perspective and influence people maybe in a, in a hopefully in a positive way yeah yeah. Do you feel like that, like the skills you developed as a dancer are applicable to comedy in any way? Um, well, it was definitely a lot of weird things going on. So that was, it was good. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I guess I feel very fortunate that I 
could be maybe original in some way because I didn't I feel like I didn't talk and I kept everything so like even in high school people like wow she's she's talking for a living now so um I guess when you keep that in you you do observe a lot and you do have the you develop this perspective that might be a little bit unique um but yeah I I think it is actually very different skill set so it's kind of uh yeah it just it um, I think you would have to work that much harder to develop yeah. this skill set now. Yeah. So it really wasn't maybe the discipline of, of working hard, but not the skill set. It's like probably like the opposite. One is like shut up and don't think. <laughs> and the other one is like <laughs> keep going, talk, bullshit, more. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, I, I want to be really honest about my work and like really work hard on the, the premise and the jokes, not just bullshit um and really you know make equality totally yeah no you're definitely a very like the the regardless of the art form a very like driven (laughs) hard-working person try I try (laughs) thank you is there any advice you would give to anyone who's um pursuing stand-up or some like what's the best advice you've gotten Hmm, that's a great you know it's really as hard as it is it's also really simple just write every day even if it's a one joke one sentence um and and try to get up somewhere virtually outdoors indoors just as much as you can it's like a muscle and also I would highly recommend I don't know if you guys read the book Julia Cameron um uh, Artist Way and yeah yeah it's actually been really um practical it's really practical there's you know she she recommends the morning pages you just write three pages of just like junk in your head and you just air that out um and then a couple of other things but like the the writing every day three pages of just like a diary kind of um so then you can think clearer once you get that other junk out of your head um but yeah it's pretty I think it's just really practical things you could do yeah that's really interesting the like writing in the morning I never I feel like I like see that people are like meditate and journal and I like wake up two minutes before I need to leave for work yeah yeah. or you know you can do it on the train or in the car I feel like when you wake up in the morning you're like still kind of like being weighed down by the like thoughts of the day before it's like honestly I'm like gonna, gonna try that you know what's interesting then you write down those thoughts that you're weighed down by and it's kind of like it kind of like it's like a like you take out the garbage in your head yeah like like you free that yeah yeah. I'm gonna do that tomorrow that's and don't don't punish yourself you don't do it every day like whenever you can it's yeah yeah I feel like in the morning I'm always like hustling I'm like yeah my smoothie and like running out to go to work whole secret sometimes I do it afternoon at night whenever I can because yeah it's sometimes it's it's impossible how dare you break the morning (laughs) I currently have the artist's way sitting on my dresser a month overdue from the library so (laughs) I'm kidding I think I have a book that's probably maybe 20 years um maybe death of a salesman could be could be not so show this to the library so (laughs) 
No I'm worries. banned from the library. I'm not allowed to rent um, books from our public <laughs> library account anymore. Wait, why? Because <laughs> I had too many books that were overdue that I never like followed up on, and you're supposed to like. <laughs> I like wasn't paying attention. I got them. I got them in like high school, and then I just forgot to return them. And then I went to college, and I don't. I don't know. It's been like seven years, and then I went during college. I needed to get like a book for some sort of research paper or something, and they didn't have it in our college library. So I tried it at my hometown library, and it wouldn't let me check out any books. And I was like, "This is ridiculous. Why isn't it letting me check out books?" <laughs> and I called, and they were like, "Oh yeah, no, you're not allowed to check out a book until you pay this fine." And it was like a five thousand dollar fine, and I was like, "Oh I have to my check God. out books." Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're all going to library, Dale. Uh, yeah, I really, yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess I, this is in my hometown and I live in the city now. So like, I could, I could get library books from a different library, I guess. I've heard them. But yeah, now I'm like really little, strict. Yeah. I'm not, not thrilled by libraries these days. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel like, yeah, I, I should be returning something. I know. Yeah. I heard that you can do library books on Kindle. Do you guys know about this? Oh. I think that I'd be better at. Huh. <laughs> I would find it funny when they're like, we have one electronic copy of this book and it's already been taken yeah. out. I'm like, I, that doesn't make sense. To me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Dude, this is everything you write this in your morning pages. You're like, I'm in uh, trouble with the library. I think I'm going to be. <laughs> I'm gonna do time for life now and all those worries see how those anxieties weigh us down um, yeah same yeah. yeah very anxious yeah. yeah my my lack of ability to to get books from the library really weighs me yeah. down every day. <laughs> like, I can't even look at a book this is so stressful yeah, yeah. I wake up in the morning and I'm like oh god I don't know what I'm gonna do now that I can't go get a library book at a library an hour away. <laughs> yeah um yeah so we are actually approaching the end of our oh, wow time. that was quick um I know time flies when you're having fun yeah but as we wrap up if our listeners have enjoyed hearing uh all that you have to say as much as we have where yeah. can they keep up with you and see you on shows what's coming up for you that that we can go see Oh, I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, they could Instagram um, at Lana Siebel, L-A-N-A-S-I-E-B-E-L. There's another Lana Siebel uh, that's been getting my uh, comedy Venmo money, but she's returned it. So she's only good things about the other Lana Siebel, but her name is, you know, E-I. So make sure it's I-E. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, you know, very excited about this, this headliner series. It's, it's, uh, it's great to be chosen December 16th, Tiny Cupboard. That's going to be great. Um, I'm, I'm going on the road more. Uh, so I, I post everything um, and uh, yeah, performing almost every night. And I, I you know, I'm, I'm also trying to develop a, an hour and I might actually incorporate a little bit of the dancing too. So that could be really like a big, like a big Vegas act. I'm really, I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing big things. I'm, lots of visions. Um, and it's funny how during the pandemic, you know, you, I would start writing a little bit and things are starting to come to fruition. So it's, um, it, it's nice, you know, um, and I feel great to be surrounded by such good people like you guys, good comics. Well, thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you guys. This was great. Thank you for listening to laughing your mask off. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a good review. 
to keep up with our hosts, follow Catherine at Catherine.Cowan and Carly at Carly Palestina on Instagram. See you next week. <laughs>